This is a show for missionary disciples who worship Christ in the Eucharist and serve him in their neighbor, for whom the words of the creed reverberate through their daily lives. This is a show for those like you and me who make the conscious choice to follow Christ outside the walls. And I came across something on uh, on social media here recently. I, I, as you know, we've we've talked about the Our Sunday Visitor OSV Institute uh, challenge that happens, the innovation challenge that happens every year. Uh, they put out a press release about uh, a a partnership with the Given Institute. And anytime OSV does anything, I'm just intrigued. So I went and I took a look at their website over at GivenInstitute.com. And they've got several talks that are up there and just a beautiful website, first of all, uh, just by itself. But then the content within it is is so uh, hope-inspiring. You look at this and you you think to uh, all of the, the academic conferences I've seen talking about being called and co-responsible as the laity – uh, to to step up and to bring renewal into the church and not wait for others to do it. And to me, as I look at it, my first impression is that that is exactly what the Given Institute is doing. So today I'm really thrilled. On short notice, uh, I have the executive director, Rachel Ullman, is joining us today to talk about their work and how you can get involved. Rachel, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to share more about Given. So you've been with Given for about two years, but it existed, and you can find uh, YouTube talks all the way back to 2016. Tell me a little bit about what Given is and what the foundations look like when it started uh, back in, in 2016. Yes, I'd love to. We have a really incredible history, and every time I tell the story, I'm just more and more convinced of the Holy Spirit's work in this apostolate. Uh, Back actually in the year of 2015, the church was celebrating the year of consecrated life universally, and Pope Francis had called for that. He really had asked for a greater participation of consecrated men and women in the life and leadership of the church. And so here in the United States, there is a collaborative body of women religious orders called CMSWR, and stands for the Council of Major Superiors of Women Religious. And so back in 2015, a large philanthropic organization approached CMSWR and said, hey, this is your year. We want to honor you, and we want to give you a very large grant and really encourage you to dream big. We're going to give you this money and say you can do whatever you want with it because we want you to bring your leadership to the church. Really amazing stuff, right? And so the board of directors of the CMSWR took this opportunity to prayer, and they looked at the landscape of the church in the United States and said, what's missing? And they felt at that time that there wasn't an apostle dedicated for young adult women that women in their 20s who are facing so many decisions, right? When you're in your 20s, you're making lots of big lifelong choices. You're possibly discerning religious life. You're discerning marriage. You're graduating college, maybe going to grad school, moving to all different new cities, building a community, kind of putting your roots in for the first time, right? And so the sisters came together and they said, we want to accompany these young women in a very uh, transitory uh, season in their lives. And so the given 
Forum first took place in 2016, where 300 young adults between the ages of 21 and 30 came together for a forum of leadership training and faith formation. And what's really incredible about the Religious Sisters Who Founded Given is they not only put on a great conference, but they also knew in their wisdom that women needed to be accompanied beyond that event. And so it's not just a mountaintop experience. You come together and become a part of this amazing network of Catholic female leaders, but each young woman is also paired with a dedicated mentor who works with her for an entire year after the forum. So that's how we began, was all because of that first dream big <laughs> initiative. And then after that first given forum, the Religious Sisters of CMSWR, they separately incorporated the Given Institute as its own entity, its own apostolate. And here we are today where we just hosted a forum last week in Washington, D.C. So let, let me, uh, you've got now this, this separate incorporated institution. You've been the executive director for, for two years. What is the connection now? I mean, obviously you are an, your own organization with your own incorporation, but what's the ongoing relationship with the, the CSWR? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, they are our mothers, right? We were born out of the hearts of consecrated women, a part of CMSWR. So while there isn't a formal relationship, the beautiful thing is that all of the religious communities, a part of that collaborative, are invited every year to come and serve as mentors. So this year at the Given Forum, we had 60 religious sisters from 20 different congregations that came for the five days with the young adults and also now will be serving as mentors in our year-long accompaniment program. So they are our inspiration. We have religious sisters that are on our board of directors as well as serving as advisors to me, but truly they are the heart and the breadth of bringing uh, women's leadership into these emerging leaders' lives, and they serve as really stellar uh, mentors for these young adults. Some of what I saw that gave me such encouragement. A lot of times we think of these conferences or, or these networks that are being built up as forming leaders for, uh, for the internal structure of the church, right? Um, that, oh, well, the people who do this, they're going to have an apostolate that's going to be closely connected to a diocese or to a, uh, to, to a specific parish. But the kinds of projects that that go on at this forum and and get mentored over the course of the year are ones that impact uh, impact the church. I mean, rather impact the world through the church rather than just being something for the church. And, and to me, that's true and deep leadership. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. You're absolutely right that the women leaders that come to the forum, they're not just Catholic professionals. <laughs> they're not just women that work in Catholic schools and Catholic parishes. Yes, that does uh, embody some of the young women, but all women ages 21 to 30 are welcome to apply to come to a given forum. So many of our young adults are secular professionals. They may be artists. They may be entrepreneurs. And so these young women bring their level of experience exactly where they are rooted, where they are trying to give of their gifts, and they want to integrate that into their spiritual lives. And so the mentorship beyond the forum is not just something that takes place in a local parish. It may be that a woman's action plan is that she wants to 
bring a conversation about faith into her secular workplace. <laughs> that is often some of the action plans that the young women then are um, really set forth to then implement into their hometowns. And so when a young woman applies to come to the given forum, she selects a specialty, an affinity group that she wants to surround herself with, with like-minded peers and mentors that can support her. So secular professionals, one of our affinity groups, we also have entrepreneurs, artists, and it really does show the breadth of the feminine genius that every woman, no matter what her personal vocation is, no matter what her state in life, that she can be holy and that she can bring the gifts that God has given her into whatever that place is that she's rooted in. We're talking with Rachel Ullman, the executive director of the Given Institute, GivenInstitute.com. Uh, you just had this forum that that occurred last week. It was in person. Uh, last last year, everybody was, of course, online. You have the, had that online last year. Um, but here you have these women coming in from all over the U.S., uh, to for a for a week of of formation for instruction for um, support. Now that 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 conference is over and the forum is over, now you're entering into this mentoring phase for the next year. So, talk to me about what that looks like for an individual. Let's say someone comes in; uh, they come in as uh, an artist, and that was their affinity group. Mm-hmm. They've created their action plan. You might talk a little bit about what that is. And then now over the next year, they're refining that and, and being mentored in that. What would someone expect this year after the forum to look like for them? Yeah, uh, the young women who came to the forum this year, we had 130 young adults from 35 states across the U.S. We even had a young woman from Canada and from Mexico. So that was really neat uh, to bring together such a diverse group of women. And each of them, when they apply to come to the given forum, they have to propose an action plan. And so a given action plan is a new initiative that is in the service of others. And it has to be launched within a year of that woman's participation at the forum. So I always like to talk about what isn't an action plan too, right? An action plan isn't something that's self-serving, right? It's not all about you. It's not all about me, right? Uh, yeah, action plan is not something that's already happening around you, right? We're very careful as the given team when we are reviewing all the action plan proposals. If a woman's idea is something that we know already exists in the church and in the world, we ask her, to come back again next year, repropose, right? Send us a new idea because we don't want to keep recycling the same things, right? We are trying to activate the gifts of women into the church and the world and create a change and bring beauty into the world. So it's a new initiative at the service of others and has to be launched within a year. And we don't just say, come to the forum and then good luck. (laughs) We pair each young woman with a mentor after she leaves this five days of formation and leadership training. And the awesome thing is that our mentors bring years, decades of experience into this mentoring relationship. So each young woman is paired with a mentor who's either a lay woman or a consecrated woman. And these women leaders that serve as mentors They are meant to be a sounding board. They're meant to be a personal coach in a way to help that woman truly develop this action plan idea over a course of a year 
but also give her really solid feedback. You know, many of these young women, their action plans are going to require fundraising, or they may require uh, approaching some strategic partnerships. And the mentors are the perfect women to help these young adults build the confidence that they need to accomplish these things, but also to steer them in the right direction. You know, uh, even saying, hey, I've done this before. I've tried this and it hasn't worked. So let's look at it from this angle and this perspective instead. So after the forum, each young woman, uh, they send to us ideas of who they would like to mentor them because all of the mentors were present at the forum as well. So we really look for those interpersonal connections. We pair mentors and mentees according to their specialty. So artists work with artists. Entrepreneurs work with entrepreneurs, right? But we also look at the specific skill set that the woman needs for that action plan. So like I said, some women, they're going to need fundraising support. Some women are going to need business plan support. It all depends on that specific young woman's unique and individual talent and what she's hoping to do to support others. And I'll tell you one little story uh, about a woman who came to the forum this year. And this, this young woman is an incredible singer. And uh, she came in the artist specialty. And what she hopes to do as part of her action plan is that she wants to write some new math parts, meaning that taking the, the Gloria, you know, taking the memorial acclamation, those pieces, and write them to new music. She wants to compose new, beautiful math parts, a really incredible action plan, right? And so the beautiful thing is that we have a variety of mentors who are also composers and also singers, both lay and consecrated. So we can now, through our mentor matching process, look at what does that young woman need to accomplish this goal and who's the right mentor to support her over this year to be able to compose and eventually launch this beautiful action plan that God has placed on her heart. You know, if you watch television, um, you see a whole bunch of shows that are kind of competition-based, where you've got uh, Shark Tank, where you've got to throw out your idea and get someone to bite on it, and hopefully they, they like what you've done and agree with you. Uh, or, or these singing competitions or talent competitions where you're, you're vying for number one. Um, but it seems as I'm listening to you that this is more of a support structure and collaborative effort that you don't have to worry about the person next to you, you know, kicking you off the island, but we're in this together and moving towards a common goal. Yeah, I love those examples you gave. I, I do admit I do watch some reality TV <laughs> sometimes, so, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. So what is our goal? What is the real competition is that we all want to get to heaven. <laughs> and so the mission of the Given Institute is to activate the gifts of women for the church and for the world. Ultimately, it's for those women's own salvation, right? That is what's most important to us is that we know that each young woman was created individually and uniquely with specific gifts. And God gave her those gifts. She didn't give them to me. She didn't give them to you. God gave them to her, right? And so our goal is that the women come to the forum, first recognize that they themselves are a unique gift. They are unrepeatable. There's no one else like them, right? And that God has given them specific talents and that they are meant to use them in the service of others because that's what's going to get us to heaven. <laughs> what's going to get us to heaven is knowing our place, 
you know, knowing that we are creations of God, but that also God has invited us to participate in his creative works. And so we are a part of the grand scheme of salvation by honoring him, by giving our gifts back. And so that's, that's the whole point of giving. That's the whole point of our mission is to help these women recognize their unique gifts and then use them at the service of others. So it's not a competition. We know that I don't have her gift. God only gave her that gift, right? And that's really, really beautiful when we come together in person at the forum and have such a diverse, unique group of women because you can look around the room and see that, wow, you know, I, I can't do what she does, but she also can't do what I do either, you know? And God loves us that much that he created each of us with a unique personal vocation and finding that and using that is really what satisfies satisfies our souls and ultimately is what's going to get us to that eternal crown of glory one of the other things i love about the idea of the forum is that it stirs up these ideas in women Mm -hmm. to say you know i've got someone that that's close to me that i think has got a good idea i'm going to go and say hey have you heard about the given institute uh I want you to look at this and take this thing that you've kind of kicked around a little bit and consider putting a plan together that, that now pulls you out of just ideation and moves into, into realization. So one of the things you said is that the action plan has to be launched within a year. Um, has there been a time where, for whatever reason, that action plan was not after the forum and after the mentorship, something just happened and it wasn't able to be launched? Oh, sure. Yes. You know, life happens and uh, 2020 happened to all of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So you think about the 2019 cohort, you know, God bless them, right? They all were thrown a loop that none of us expected. And so absolutely, you know, action plans uh, sometimes don't come to the same fruition as expected from that initial proposal. But what's most important to us uh, as the leaders of Given is that that young woman recognizes her worth and she knows she is capable of executing an action plan, right? If it doesn't happen within that one year, then, you know, the mentorship does hold that woman accountable and she doesn't then graduate into the formal alumni uh, process that we have in the Institute. But we hope and expect that every woman with her participation at the forum, ultimately knows that she is capable. She has the capacity to create something new, right? And that's what's so uh, important and unique to our role as women, that God created us uh, biologically (laughs) with uh, the reproductive system that we know that we can create new life, right? We house within us the opportunity to hold another life within ourselves. And that is what it ultimately is the feminine genius. You know, we have these unique gifts of wanting to protect the vulnerable, wanting to look to serve the needs of the other. And all is that uh, all of that is because of our femininity and because of who we were created as female. And so if every single woman knows that and believes that, that is a part of given we've accomplished our goal. (laughs) And I I will share that we have 400 alumni who have gone through this process and have launched 
action plans and our action plans are all across the spectrum. We have women that have started a Bible study in their parish for women because there never was one before. We have women whose action plans are they opened new nonprofits. Uh, one of our young women, uh, Lauren, her nonprofit's called Hearts of Joy International. And I just love talking about this woman <laughs> because her um, desire was to help young children with Down syndrome in developing countries. I mean, that's a big action point, right? right? And yeah, and her um, incredible gift that God has given her is that she not only is able to fundraise to help these children that need corrective heart surgeries because of Down syndrome. But she also, pre-COVID, was able to fly to India, the Philippines, Uganda, and accompany these families. She would bring them the check, you know, bring them the money to be able to receive the medical care they needed. But she also was present to them and prayed with them in the waiting room as their child was undergoing surgery. I mean, whoa. <laughs> That's a big action plan, right? But we know that every single woman can make an impact no matter where she is, no matter what her sphere of influence is, whether in the eyes of others, big or small, it's all a part of God's plan for us. Well, you kind of you jumped ahead of my, my next question. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. And maybe it's, you'll, I'll just give you an opportunity to talk more about this, but uh, I don't want to ask about favorites because, you know, parents aren't allowed to have favorites. <laughs> right. But as you look back at the action plans that have, that have been completed from the alumni, are there some that just stand out and, and you look at maybe not even the impact of the final result, but at the growth of that project over the mentorship year, from where it started to where it ended up uh, that, that just stands out to you and you'd like to call attention to? Yeah, I, I would really love to talk about Erin. So she is a young woman that was a former, fo former focus missionary that came to the Given Forum in 2019. And she is an artist and her action plan uh, has a title called um, uh, Handmaids. And she, uh, really takes her artistry to the streets. <laughs> she wants to be a handmaid to others who are forgotten, who are vulnerable. And she lives in New York City. And what she does is sits uh, in Central Park. She sits on different you know, street corners in New York City and has her easel and her uh, blank um, canvas. And she invites a homeless man or woman who passes by her to and so that she can draw a self-portrait of that man or woman. And her ministry is this beautiful, uh, really, act of service for these persons is that not only is she putting on a canvas the beauty that she sees in these men and women, but she also has a really long conversation with them. <laughs> you know, a portrait takes a long time. Right. So she is able to really bring Christ to these people and show them dignity, show them love. You know, it's such a Mother Teresa moment. And the beautiful thing about Erin is that when she came to the forum, she had this idea just that, hey, I want to use my art to serve others, but how? And because she lives in New York City, we paired her with a mentor who is a religious sister that also lives in New York. And they were able to physically meet up and have their mentoring uh, monthly meetings together. And it was through this sister's guidance and support that she said, 
I know where you can use your art, where you can use your skill, and it's right here on the streets of New York City. And so it was really beautiful to see that their partnership and their collaboration brought Erin's first initial idea, and knowing that she had this gift, to a beautiful action plan fruition that is still happening today. I mean, Erin still is in New York two years later. She did this through COVID, you know, outside with a mask on. She still was able to do this beautiful ministry. And I was just, she's someone I'm really proud of. So I can't call her a favorite, right. <laughs> but I will say she's someone I'm really proud of. And I think it's a really beautiful example of how mentors uh, help guide the young women to find exactly where it is that they can use their gift. In just the, the couple of minutes we have left in this segment, you just had the forum. Uh, now, the forum is different than than the mentorship that goes on throughout the year. It's maybe in some ways similar to a conference. You've got multiple people that are there on either panels or presenting. Um, how does the uh, the panel, the forum, launch the year of, of work? Yeah. So we intentionally select Catholic female leaders to give the keynote talks, to give the panel presentations that truly showcase a wide diversity of what it means to be a Catholic woman. And so we do that because we know that our young women who are coming to us are across the generational divide of millennials and Gen Z. So women ages 21 to 30 fall between those two generations. And we know that that is a call of their hearts is that they want to see diversity in their leaders. So that is very important to us. And it's very important that the young women see that a Catholic woman can be holy as a religious sister, as a married woman, as a lay woman, as a consecrated virgin, as a single woman, that they can see all these different states in life and see women truly thriving, who are faithful to the church's teachings, who are imbued with the spirit of the gospel. So our panel presentations and our keynotes, one, are all really rock star Catholic female leaders, but also the themes throughout the forum follow what our given motto is. And so the first day of talks and panels is ultimately to receive the gift that you are, The second day is for the women to realize the gifts they have been given. And then the third day is to respond with the gift only you can give. So that's Given's uh, mantra right there, receive, realize, respond. (laughs) And as a Catholic woman, you have to do that over and over again throughout the course of our lives here on earth. So yes, the forum is is a conference in a way that you're getting a lot of content. You're getting a lot of inspiration, but we also have really deep um, prayer activities uh, and formation as well. So it's not just intellectual content based. Uh, We have opportunity for morning prayer with all those religious sister communities that are there. We have confession, adoration, mass daily. And we also at the very end of the forum have a really beautiful healing Eucharistic holy hour that just culminates going through that process of receive, realize, respond. We're talking today with Rachel Ullman, the executive director of the Given Institute. Find out more information at giveninstitute.com. There's more to this conversation right after this, so don't go anywhere. But do join the ongoing conversation over on our social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. And there's so much more right after this, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Outside the Walls with T.L. Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the implications of our belief on our daily life. I'm your host, TL, and we're talking today about the Given Institute, G-I-V-E-N, the Given Institute, GivenInstitute.com, talking with Rachel Ullman, the uh, the executive director. And uh, we've been talking about this, basically, incubator, taking ideas uh, of, of young women and helping them become a reality to serve the world and to serve the church. Uh, here's my question. I'm listening to this and, uh, you know, I have a, a, a lovely wife and, and eight kids and she always has these fantastic ideas. And so I'm sitting here going, well, but she's past your age level. Um, do, you, you need like a, 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 what a millennial track for she, I think she just learned that her new title, uh, according to the powers that be is she's a, a geriatric millennial. Um, <laughs> That, that's what Facebook says anyway. Um, and so what does it look like for someone who falls outside of that age range to get involved with the work of the Given Institute in whatever capacity? That's great. Yes, we have lots of opportunities. But of course, I want to recruit your wife to be a mentor. <laughs> so we uh, have the opportunity for women who have at least eight years of experience in their vocation, in their professional life, wherever it is that God has called them. So we invite all Catholic women uh, with experience, so our established women leaders, to apply to be a mentor through the Given Institute. So our application is on our website. You can find it there. It's open right now. And, and we invite women to come to future Given forums to accompany the young adults, but then also to serve in this year-long mentoring program. But beyond being a mentor for Given, we do have other opportunities for women of all ages to be a part of our network of Catholic female leaders. So, of course, we invite women to follow us on social media at Given Institute to uh, get involved in our content. But we invite women to contribute to our website. We have a blog. We also have uh, opportunities for women to write stories about the lives of female saints, inspiration, and that's another way that any woman can get involved and use her leadership to support others. We also offer local events called Given Gatherings, and so uh, COVID for a while put a hold on that, but we're back up and running now where we partner with local dioceses across the country to host a one-day event where we bring uh, the given staff and the given team of mentors into a local town. And we put on a one-day event where we go through those themes in a condensed time frame of receive the gift, realize the gift, and respond with the gift only you can give. And so we just hosted one in Minnesota this past April that went so well. And we had women in their 20s and we had women in their 80s. <laughs> we had any type of Catholic woman was there at a given gathering. So that's something that if someone's listening and would like to get involved with Given and you'd like to partner with us to host an, an event, go on our website, send us an email. We'd love to get in touch with you. Uh, we also have an opportunity for women to receive leadership training through Given Academy. And so I have heard from many women, just like your wife, who have said, hey, I'm in a new season of life, and I'm trying to figure out what my gifts are right now in this season. Let's say I'm an empty nester, you know, and I'm feeling like my vocation has changed recently, or maybe I'm a widow, right? And I'm not quite sure how God wants to use me at this time. So we offer an opportunity called Given Academy, which is a virtual event where women can watch 
trainings led by experts in different fields of our specialties who talk about how to have some practical skills when it comes to using a specific gift. So I'll give an example. This past season, we had a training for healthcare professionals that was led by Sister Constance Veit, who's a little sister of the poor. And she talked about therapeutic means to offering healthcare to patients. And man, that was such an inspiring training where she really put it on us, you know, going through COVID and she works in a um, elder care home and uh, really has had to use all of her gifts and all of her leadership skills at its full height, right? Mm -hmm. It's full capacity. And so she gave about a 45 minute lecture that was streamed online. And then we offer Q and A where the participants can ask the expert directly there on the stage um, through our virtual chat, some questions pertaining to their own life experience and what it is that they need support for. So Given Academy is a great way for women of all ages, all different specialties, all different fields of interest where they can uh, receive training from our leaders and also ask them direct questions. In just a moment, I want to ask you about the application process. People are listening. They're intrigued. They say, hey, I have an idea or I know someone who I think this would be good for. And I want to talk about that process. But before we get there, I know that a lot of people, they get an idea and maybe they play with it on paper. Maybe they kick it around in their head. But then ultimately, the number of steps it would take to get from ideation to realization just gets to be overwhelming. And so they step mm-hmm. back. They, they say, you know, maybe that's not as good an idea as I thought. Maybe I'm not the one to do that idea. And, and I think of, um, of our, our confirmation, which fills us with the Spirit, gives us the gifts to go out and empowers us to live these grace-filled lives, to go and, and, and be the answer to that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I think of, of Peter in the boat as Jesus walks on the water in the stormy seas and, and he gets back in doubt. Nobody else wants to leave, but he gets out of the boat. And then once he steps out, he begins to sink, right? There's this process of, well, right. if I step out, if, what if I'm wrong? What if this isn't an idea from God? What if I step out and it's not enough and I sink? What would you say to that person who's afraid of, of maybe afraid is too strong a word. They are unsettled with the idea of doing what it takes to bring this idea to fruition. Yeah, no, uh, certainly we hear those same fears and concerns from uh, the young adult women that, that we work with. And uh, a couple things that we say to them is discouragement and fear is not of the Lord. <laughs> And so uh, when, when the women come to the forum, we have prayer workshops on Ignatian discernment. We have opportunities where we help guide and train the young women to bring these ideas, bring these practical business plans, right, to the feet of the Lord <laughs> and to bring a spirit of prayer, a spirit of contemplation to these action plans. Because when you receive that peace, that surpasses all understanding, then you can guarantee that this is God's will for you. And that is so important for the young women who come to Given to also receive those leadership skills, (laughs) right? You have to be a skilled 
Catholic woman that knows how to pray <laughs> to be able to truly effectively launch an action plan. Because if you're uh, spilling over with fear and anxiety, uh, if you're feeling discouraged, then you do have to stop and pause and take your plan and your project to prayer. And maybe the Lord is directing you into another path, into another way. And what's so beautiful is that the young women have their mentors to support them there too. You know, our mentors aren't just business coaches. Our mentors are spiritual mothers to these young women. And they pray with them during all of their mentoring meetings. They are that empathetic listening ear that receives the woman when she brings that anxiety and those concerns to her and the established woman leader mentor can help guide her. And it could truly be just to pray with her, right? And just to bring these concerns to the Lord. And then, hey, let's reassess this in a month from now. So that's what I would say to any woman that um, has those concerns, has those fears about that big dream that she has is if you aren't bringing this to prayer, well, that's the first, that's the first problem (laughs) is that all of this process has to be completely imbued with the Lord. We're talking today with Rachel Ullman, executive director of the Given Institute. I have two questions for you. One is at what state does a, uh, does an action plan need to be at before uh, a woman can say, yes, this is ready for my application to go in? How fully fleshed out does this idea have to be? And second, um, what does that application process look like and when does it open? Uh, when a young woman applies to come to the Given Forum, which we typically host the second week of June each summer, is uh, that she fills out an application on our website that's pretty lengthy. So our application includes questions about her educational experience, about her professional experience, but also there are short answer questions and essay questions about her relationship with the Lord, about how she sees the feminine genius working in the church and the world. There are questions about what does she define leadership, things like that, right? So the young woman who applies to Given already is a leader, (laughs) that she would spend the time filling out this lengthy application. But included in that, not just her reflections on those questions that I mentioned and her background and experience, but also she fills out a one-page action plan proposal. So that first step of an action plan was given. It's, It's fairly simple, where in one page, the woman is asked three questions. She's asked, who are you trying to reach with this plan? Because remember, an action plan is in the service of others. So that first question is about your outreach. Who's your demographic trying to reach? The second part of the question is, what, what is this vision? You know, what, give me the 30-second elevator pitch. You know, what is this all about? What is the vision of your action plan? And then the last question is about the timeline. Is this truly something that can be completed within a year? Because uh, an action plan in the process of the Given Institute is not something that's going to take five years. It's not something that's going to take 10 years because we commit to one year with you, right? The mentor commits to one year of, it, of accompaniment. And so many times women who apply to Given, their action plan sometimes is too big. And so we send it back to them and we say, hey, can you scale this down a little bit? Give us that first step, that first bite-sized chunk, Right to that 10-year plan. Well, we're committing to work with you for one year. So what does that look like? So when you ask about, you know, where is it in the process? It's that first 
step, right? It's that first putting down to paper that dream of who am I trying to reach? What's the vision here? And ultimately, what's the timeline for this first year of this plan where your mentor is supporting you? And we uh, host a forum in June of each year, and applications typically open around November 1st, and they close about mid-February. So, you know, we're one of those uh, organizations that Thanksgiving Day weekend, right? That's always college app. You got to finish your college app by Thanksgiving. <laughs> Forgiven, you have to finish your application. I believe it's President's Day weekend. So <laughs> that second weekend of February. I, I love this because you start you start on uh, All Saints Day. And so you, whatever your saint yeah. is, whoever your patron is, you, you just throw out an extra prayer and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill this out. We're going to send it in, going to get it in early. Uh, just do it right <laughs> then on All Saints Day weekend. I love it. Yes, that is so true. And you can find on our website at giveninstitutes.com a beautiful litany to female saints. And we pulled together uh, just really incredible women <laughs> that if you, no matter who you are, where you come from, you can find a female saint that can inspire you and can help guide you, guide you on this earthly journey. So I just recommend to uh, look up that litany that we have on our website. Wonderful. Uh, Rachel Ullman is the executive director of the Given Institute. Learn more at giveninstitute.com. Rachel, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. If you missed any part of my conversation with Rachel or you want to go back and listen to it again or share it with your friends on social media, have no fear. All of our episodes are archived over at OutsideTheWalls.com. Now, let's turn our attention to our readings from Scripture and from church history. That's the sound of the Verbum Library launching up. Verbum helps you read Scripture in light of church teaching. Learn more at Verbum.com. Our reading from Scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wild flowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own evil. That comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. 
I've heard a number of different treatments on this passage, uh, and there's a couple of things that stand out to me today, maybe even that I haven't considered directly before. Um, the first is you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. Um, mammon is traditionally understood as wealth, although a lot of people think that it's God and money, but this is not the case. Uh, it's God and wealth. And so what is wealth? Well, wealth isn't necessarily the monetary component, although that is what creates the scenario for everything else. Wealth is uh, is ease, and it's uh, security, and it's comfort, and it's pleasure, right? These are the things that wealth provides that we often find ourselves serving, even if we don't necessarily have a lot of money. We're still in pursuit of that comfort and that ease, and in the pursuit of those things, it's impossible for us to also follow God, because God often calls us out of our areas of comfort and out of our areas that we feel most secure, calling us out onto the waves, right? Calling us uh, to, to go into places that we would not otherwise go for the sake of advancing the kingdom of God, for the sake of advancing the kingdom of God, not only around us, uh, but also within our own hearts, that we come to see the things that truly matter and to see things as God sees them. When we serve mammon, that comfort and that ease and the the, the wealth and everything else that, that's associated with that, uh, then we tend to be self-reflective. We're looking inward and trying to make sure that that basically that we get ours. And God calls us out of that to be a part of the solution for that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The other thing is this. Um, I've gone through a number of times in my life where I, I've wrestled with this, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear or, uh, or any of these things um, because your heavenly father knows that you need them. And I've really kind of struggled with that because uh, I, I know that God is calling me to be uh, to, to radical trust. Uh, I know that that's something that he's asking specifically of me. And, and I have difficulty with that because I look at people in our society who also have those same needs and have those needs, needs not met. And so I've tried to really kind of figure out what is it that makes it different for the, for the Christian, for the person who's listening to these words of Christ. And this is what I think today uh, that it is. It's not that we don't seek and we just kind of sit back and say, well, I'm not worried about anything. You know, everything's going to come my way. It's all going to be fine. You know, um, God, God's going to make sure that everything works out so I can just kind of kick back and chill. No, what it says here is instead of seeking these things, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. As we put ourselves in a place of seeking and pursuit for God's kingdom and for righteousness, then all these things will be given to us besides. It doesn't mean that we just sit back and don't do anything. It means that we take those energies that we normally uh, are worried about, food and clothing and shelter, 
and we direct them towards the kingdom of God. I'm going to put all of my energy in this. Now, I've been in a situation, uh, and, and I know that some of you have as well, where these questions are not, you know, long-term planning and strategic planning. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? But they are today questions. Where am I going to eat today? What am I going to wear today, right? Um, this is that scenario that God says, take all of those immediate energies that can, can create just absolute conflict internally and direct all of those energies towards the kingdom of God. And in that, all these things will be added to you. So that's what I see today. Um, and our reading from church history is going to touch on this just a little bit, but in a way that you might not expect. This comes from a homily by St. Gregory of Nyssa. The happiness God promises certainly knows no limits. When one has gained such a blessing, what is left to desire? In seeing God, one possesses all things. In the language of Scripture, to see is to have. May you see the good things of Jerusalem is the same as may you possess the good things of Jerusalem. When the prophet says, may the wicked man be carried off and not see the glory of the Lord, he means may he not share in the glory of the Lord. One who has seen God has, in the act of seeing, gained all that is counted good, life without end, everlasting freedom from decay, undying happiness, a kingdom that has no end, lasting joy, true light, a voice to sing pleasantly in the Spirit, approachable glory, perpetual rejoicing, in a word, the totality of blessing. Such is the wonderful hope held out by the Beatitudes. As we have seen, the condition for seeing God is purity of heart. And now, once more, my mind is in confusion, as from an attack of giddiness, wondering if purity of heart is something impossible, something beyond the capacity of human nature. If the vision of God is dependent on purity of heart, and if Moses and Paul did not attain this vision, they state that neither they nor anyone else can see God. Then the promise of the Beatitudes spoken by the Word seems to be something impossible of realization. What do we gain from knowing the means by which God may be seen if we have not the power to see him? It is like saying that one is blessed if one is in heaven, because in heaven things are seen that are not seen on earth. If we were told beforehand how to get to heaven, it would be helpful to know that one is blessed if one is in heaven. But as long as the way to heaven is impossible— what do we gain by knowing about the happiness of heaven? This only saddens and annoys us when we realize the good things we are deprived of because it's impossible to get there. Surely the Lord does not encourage us to do something impossible to human nature because the magnitude of what he commands is beyond the reach of our human strength. The truth is different. He does not command those creatures to whom he has not given wings to become birds nor those whom he has assigned a life on land to live in water. If, then, in the case of all other creatures, the command is according to the capacity of those who receive it and does not oblige them to anything beyond their nature, we shall come to the conclusion 
that we are not to give up hope of gaining what is promised by the Beatitude. John and Paul and Moses then, and any others like them, did not fail to achieve that sublime happiness that comes from the vision of God. Not Paul who said, There is stored up for me a crown of righteousness, which the judge who judges justly will give me. Nor John who leaned on the breast of Jesus, nor Moses who heard God saying to him, I know you above all others. If it is clear that those who taught that the contemplation of God was beyond their powers are themselves blessed, and if blessedness consists in the vision of God and is granted to the pure in heart, then purity of heart leading to blessedness is certainly not among the things that are impossible. Hence, it can be said that those who with Paul teach that the vision of God is beyond our powers are right in what they say, and that the voice of the Lord does not contradict them when he promises that the pure in heart will see God. That reading comes from a homily by St. Gregory of Nyssa. And here is the point of all this. The thing that God calls you to, the thing that he has called us all to, is beyond our capacity. This is why I think also we can't serve both God and mammon. Mammon wants to have this sense of self-autonomy and self-direction. That wealth and that power and that ease come with a certain um, ability to direct oneself. But this is not the way of the disciple. The way of the disciple is to let go of comfort and power and security to take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow after Christ, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in this, to purify our hearts, to bring us to the place where we go and we obey and we walk out on the waves and we listen to the the beckoning of our Lord, following him wherever he goes. And in this, in this action, we attain the blessedness that he promises us. It's kind of counterintuitive that as we divest ourselves of those things which bring us comfort, we find a greater and and immeasurable comfort coming from the hand of God himself. As we divest ourselves of the things that bring us security and step out onto places that seem completely insecure, there we find the rock of God, the stability that only he can give, which is more grounded than anything else that we could ever look to or imagine. Here, in stepping away from mammon, away from our comfort and our wealth and our security and our self-directedness, and putting ourselves in a place of humility and, and obedience to the voice of God, here we find what we were created for. Here we find that union again that God created us for in the garden of being able to walk with God in the cool of the day and to have intimate connection to the divine. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Brandy Carey and all of those who support the show through Patreon. Go to OutsideTheWalls.com, click the Patreon link to learn more and to join their numbers. And until next week, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing affright you. All things are passing, 
God is unchanging. Patience obtains all things. Who has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices.